This morning, we are kicking off a new series of uh, talks called Summer Psalms. We're going to be looking at the Psalms over the summer. I love summer. It's the, it's the, it's the season of relaxation. It's uh, normality and routines. Uh, the routines of our life and the normality of our life are often relaxed in this season. So perhaps you might relax your diet uh, during the summer. You might, rela- you might have a relaxed approach to your finances because it's summer. Treat yourself. Um, our parenting, if you're a parent, our parenting relaxes. So we do a lot of treats and a lot of snacks and a lot of late bedtimes. Dare I say our clothing relaxes as well. We go for what's comfortable and what might achieve for us the best tan in the weather. I don't know how you're relaxing this summer, but with this series in particular, I felt like I wanted to encourage us and challenge us even when it comes to our relationship with God, and however you might describe that here this morning, whether you might be a long way on that journey, wherever you feel like you are, instead of adopting a relaxed approach to God, let's do the opposite. So let's be even more intentional this summer. Let's even double down when everything else has sort of shifted down a gear with God and our relationship with him, why don't we go up a gear? Why don't we be more intentional with our relationship with God and see the difference that it will have on your life when the summer has ended? You've got all this space, all this time. Why not give some of it or all of it to God? I find the Psalms so helpful because they help give us an example of how to, how to grow and how to invest in our relationship with God. And so this morning, no better place to start than right at the beginning of the psalm, Psalm 1. And so we're going to turn there together. It's going to come up on the screen if you don't have an app or a Bible with you this morning. But Psalm 1. Psalm 1 says this, Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked, or stand in the way that sinners take, or sit in the seat of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord, and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. But not so the wicked, they are like chaff that the wind blows away, and therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked leads to destruction. Amen. Psalm 1 paints a picture of how to view your whole life. Psalm 1 has been described as the faithful doorkeeper to the rest of the, of the rest of the Psalms. It sort of sets the scene uh, for all the others and all the main themes that come from the Psalms. It, it speaks about the way of the righteous and the way of the wicked. It speaks about the way of life and the way of death, the, the way towards a blessed life. If this talk had a title, maybe we'd call it the, the path to a blessed life or how to be blessed, but let's just call it the blessed life for now. This morning, I have three very practical encouragements because I feel like that's what, we're, that's what we're all after. I don't know many people who don't want to have a blessed life. And so I've picked out three very simple encouragements for us this morning that I think will help us live, uh, really help us as we seek to live closer to God and live this life that is on offer 
from God. So the first is the first thing I notice here is is in verse one is to walk wisely. Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked, or stand in the way that sinners take, or sit in the company of mockers. That's verse one. Part of walking wisely in life is about well, who are you walking with? Who and what do you surround yourself with? Because what you surround yourselves with, what you let in and allow into your life, who you allow to speak into your life, it impacts the way you live it. What you allow into your life affects the way you live it. I personally know this to be true. I've noticed that my, my driving is massively impacted depending on the, the kind of music that I'm listening to in the car. I, I love sort of pop punk and so, sort of heavier rock uh, music. And, but I notice that when I'm listening to that in the car, my right foot is perhaps a little bit heavier on the gas pedal. I get a little bit more agitated and annoyed. Uh, I get annoyed quick, more quickly at other drivers as well. There was one moment years ago now when I was driving along, singing my heart out to this quite intense uh, rock music, and someone just um, cut across me without warning, causing me to have to like break really, really hard. Otherwise, I would have gone straight into the back of them. And now maybe it was the music, <laughs> because I don't often do this. But I, I beat my horn, I revved up the car and chased after him, and then we both stopped at the red lights, and I pulled up next to him. We both rolled our windows down and just started shouting at each other. He was saying things that I can't repeat here. I was saying things that I can't repeat here. And then the lights were green, and then we just went our separate ways. And of course, the, the adrenaline in me was still, was still pumping. My heart was racing. So I thought, let's stop this music to start with. Stop this music. Calm down. And I looked in my reflection in the wing mirror and realized this whole time I was in my clerical collar. As I was heading to a church council meeting. <laughs> Our surroundings are important, which is why the way to walk wisely in life, the, the key to walking wisely in life is to get in community, Christian community. It's community where we should, we, where we should find encouragement for life. It's, it's in community and life with others that we gain strength, we gain stamina, they sort of, we, we spur each other on, we, we help each other persevere in life. And I find it so encouraging that what we have right here is a church where that there are so many people who are struggling with the same things that I'm struggling with, who have perhaps the same challenges that I have. Uh, and perhaps are asking some of the same questions that I'm asking. I also love it that there are, are people here in this church who have perhaps experienced in the past what I'm currently experiencing, but they're a little bit further along or they've got through it. And, and so actually I can learn and I can grow uh, from their wisdom and I can, I, can, I can seek their help and advice. I love that about this church already and the community that's forming here. Fiona, my wife, and I, we took our boys letterboxing the other day. Who's been letterboxing? Who's attempted letterboxing? Amazing. It's sort of this Victorian thing, um, orienteering meets treasure hunt. I'd probably describe it as people have hidden these boxes with stamps, and they've left clues, and then you sort of go off 
anywhere in Dartmoor, and you find these stamps, and you stamp your, your book, and, and then you hide it again. Um, I was so excited. We got really into it. We bought, we bought the book of clues. We bought a map. We bought the ink pad for the stamp that we would sure we would find. And we spent two hours that first day uh, where there should have been about five or six of these boxes, and we didn't find a single one. I had no idea how hard it was. And so, it, so this book of clues, it gives you the coordinates, but the clue would say something like, the box is under a sloping rock just off the path. And I'm like, there are 100 sloping rocks here. Are you kidding me? Am I going to look through every single one? Before we admitted defeat, Fiona had these uh, chocolate coins from Christmas. And so when the boys weren't looking, we'd like hide them under a rock and be like, oh, look, guys, we found, we found something. We just, it was, it was, I didn't realize how hard it would be. And we just felt like perhaps, though, if we were with someone, some of you who raised your hand a minute ago, if we had gone out with you, someone who's done it before, someone who's found those boxes before, then we could learn from you, maybe get some tips on what you're, what you're after, what you're meant to be looking for. Then you could help us. And that's what community should offer. Encouragement, help, wisdom for us to get alongside each other and say, oh, have you tried this? Or let me encourage you in this. That we don't have to live life on our own, but walking wisely by surrounding ourselves with Christian community. Surround yourselves with people who will support, uplift, and encourage you. Who will bring out the best in you. That psalm says, don't walk with the wicked. Don't stand in the way of sinners. Don't sit in the seat of mockers, but surround yourself and place your life uh, with, with people and things who will encourage your faith and your journey with Jesus. I have four friends who I trained with at Theological College, and we connect every two weeks on Zoom, and we also go away once a year together for, for like a, a, a couple days uh, because we're all doing the same thing. We're all leading churches. And so what we want to do is we want to intentionally invest in each other and encourage each other, not let each other fail, not allow each other to get despondent and discouraged in life, but to encourage each other. And without them, I don't know what kind of leader I would be if I would be a leader at all, because they're family. And that's why we're so keen that Bay Church isn't simply something that you attend but it's a family you can belong to. Bay Church is a community. It's a family where you can grow. It's where you can learn. It's where you can be encouraged. And it's where you can feel supported. And so can I encourage you, this is why groups and this is why crews are so important. It's where these things happen. It's why focus is so important. As we've already heard, those of us who've, who've come back from going away together at Focus, we've come back as family, more connected, closer in relationship with each other. We were literally co-parenting that week, all looking after, everyone chipping in, everyone getting involved. It was amazing. And I'd love for everyone to feel like that this is a family and that you belong to it. Not observing from the sidelines, but right at the heart of what's going on. So walk wisely. Be mindful of what you let into your life, who you allow to speak into your life. Be aware of the things that are shaping you. It was St. Augustine who said, order your soul, reduce your wants, live in charity, and associate in Christian community. Walk wisely. Get in community. That's the first lesson for the blessed life, walking wisely. And the second is, is this, is to listen well. 
listen well. Verse 2, they remind you what it said. It said, but whose delight, it's sort of saying, blessed is the person who doesn't do this, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. Listening well is about listening for the voice of God in your life, being attentive to what God might be saying and speaking to you. God is always speaking. That's true. God is always speaking, always wanting to guide us, always wanting to help us, always wanting to encourage us and speak truth over our lives. And so to hear that, we need to learn to listen well. I asked uh, my wife Fiona if um, she could sort of rack her brains and just have, is there any example she might have of when I haven't listened well in our marriage? And it took her a very long, no, it, instantly, oh yeah, oh yeah, I've got some stories. She reminded me of this one time when she sent me to the shop with a list of, with a list of shopping and one of, one of the things on the list, or in my opinion, one of the two things on the list, she said, can you get me a bag of salt and sweet popcorn? And when I came home with the shopping, she, she started unpacking. She was like, amazing. Thank you so much for the sweet popcorn. What's up with this bag of salt? <laughs> this one kilogram bag of salt that you had. A bag of salt and sweet popcorn. Do you understand? Is everyone, is everyone following? Everyone got it? It's just not as funny as I thought it was. When I came home, that, that, that's what, I've got a lot, a lot to learn. A lot of listening comes down then also to recognizing when, when it's actually God speaking to us and learning to listen well. We have a lot of competing voices in our life. Would you agree? There are a lot of voices sort of competing for our attention that want our devotion, that want us to pay attention to. Life is quite noisy and not every voice in your life particularly wants what's best for you either. And the only way to listen well and to sort of discern if it's God speaking to you is to get practiced. Is to, is to get familiar with God's voice, to, to grow in being able to figure out if God is speaking to you, and, and, and that's the voice of God, to regularly create space for God's voice. And so perhaps the lesson then for, for us uh, to listen well in life is through prayer and through reading the Bible. Richard Foster said that prayer is listening for the still small voice of God listening with the ear of our hearts. And it was Mother Teresa who said, God then speaks in the silence of our heart. Listening is the beginning of prayer. When you pray, it's, you, you create space for God to speak. Often God guides our thoughts. He might give us pictures or, or speak into what's going on in our life. It might not be the audible voice of God, but you get a sense that God might be directing your thoughts and, and leading you somewhere to, to think that in a way that he wants to encourage you and support you and give you help. Then you've got reading the Bible, which is reading the, the words of God. So much truth and life that's in this book. And it would be so much more fulfilling for your life if your head was filled with these words rather than anything else. I remember when Torbay and planting Bay Church was just this small idea and small possibility. 
And it, it, it would have been a pretty, wait, well, it was, and it still is a pretty life-changing thing that we decided to do, to move 150 miles down the coast, to move to Torbay. And so I was, I was trying to get some sort of confirmation from God. I was like, God, if this, if this is what you want us to do, then help me to, help me to figure that out, and, and I want you to confirm it for me. I don't know why, but I just began to read the story of a man called Gideon in the Old Testament. But nothing particular stood out to me, but I just decided to read the story over and over again. I felt like that was what I was meant to do. And then I came to Torbay uh, for the first time ever, and I met up with Ollie Ryder, who's the vicar of St. Matt's in Plymouth, who we planted from. And we went up to sort of the top of, sort of, it's, um, sort of, sort of round hill up the top there and, and, and looked across the bay, and he began to just pray for me. And as he was praying for me, he started to pray, felt prompted by God to pray that I would know the assurance and the confidence, just like Gideon. And I was like, that's interesting. I came, I came home, and when I got, when I got back, back to Portsmouth that day, I mentioned it to a friend of mine uh, that we might be planting this church. Today, I've just been to Torbay. Um, I'd love you to pray for me. And he began to pray for me, and then he just stopped. And he said, I said, I wonder, he said, I'd wonder, do you, re- do you remember the story of Gideon? And, and then he began to pray those things over me as well, praying uh, for the confidence and the assurance that Gideon got. And then a few days later, I was at, because I'm still, I'm like, well, you know, coincidence. It's probably not God. And so a few days later, I was at our staff um, team away day uh, in Portsmouth, and everyone was handed this, this booklet, this notepad. And on, on this notepad, it has had all of our, uh, sort of our initials. So I was given an M and, and really simply, and it had a word attached to that initial. And then underneath as well, it had this uh, verse that, that related to it. It was really simple. But when I looked at mine, I just laughed. And next to the M was this phrase, mighty. And then the verse underneath was the story of Gideon, where an angel of the Lord calls Gideon a mighty warrior. And just like Gideon, I wouldn't really use the word mighty to describe myself. I'm not an alpha male. I'm a beta male at best. And I, I, I began to think uh, through all these coincidences that it was actually God speaking and confirming his call on our life, giving us then the confidence to step out and to make this move. And I'm so glad. I'm so glad we did. And you are too, clearly. If you want to grow, <laughs> if you want to grow in listening well, don't neglect the simplicity of prayer, the simplicity of reading the Bible and allowing God in perhaps what feels like just coincidence and the normality of life to speak through those things and to lead you into the next thing in your life. Don't neglect those spaces. Listen well, because God is speaking. God is speaking and wants to speak to you this morning. Walk wisely, listen well. And thirdly and lastly, the encouragement is to stay rooted. Staying rooted in verse three. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. It's literally some maths, an equation in this. It's one plus two equals three. The psalmist is like it's saying verse one plus verse two gives you verse three. Don't do the first things in verse one. Do the things in verse two. 
And then it will be as if your life, in verse 3, is like a tree which is planted by streams of water. That's the picture for your life. When you walk wisely and you listen well, that you could be a tree planted by streams of water. I don't know a lot about trees, but I'd imagine being planted by streams of water can only be a good thing. Because for a tree, water brings life and sustenance. And for us in our life, life comes through God's Spirit. And so the way to stay rooted in life is to be continually filled with God's Spirit, by being filled with the Holy Spirit, which is about living in step with God's Spirit, filled with all the fullness of God, and and then to be going each day being filled by His Spirit, which sounds grand, which sounds amazing. The great thinker, uh, Christian thinker, A.W. Tozer says, that the spirit-filled life is not a special deluxe edition of Christianity. It is part and parcel of the total plan of God for his people. That all of us could be filled with God's spirit. That we'd all know what it is to be filled with God's spirit in our lives. It's for all of us. It's for all of us. And in doing so, when we are filled with God's spirit, God's spirit brings about in our life peace comfort, power, and and strength, and it's God's Spirit that helps us persevere, helps us carry on in life, and it's God's Spirit that Jesus says, I've come that you may have life and life in all its fullness. It's the Spirit of God which brings about that life in all its fullness, and this is why at Bay Church, prayer and and inviting God's Spirit is, is so important and is vital. It's our opportunity for, to, to allow God to, to, to minister to us, to fill us as a church community, that we would be filled with God's Spirit, to receive all that we have so that we can go out and live out all of our individual callings and purposes that God has for us. And so here's a little thing about, we, we like to invite people forward towards the end of the, of the service, and when we invite people forward to respond, it's not uh, exclusive to those whose lives are messed up and those who just really need God's help. We all do, and all of our lives are messed up. It's for everyone to, to respond. It's, it's for anyone who has a desire to experience more of God in their life. It's for anyone who wants to experience that, that picture, that stream of living water filling up your life. It's for anyone who wants to encounter God's power and encounter God in a powerful way. And so often I, 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 I sort of pray beforehand or I pray in the moment and I think, oh, I think I've got an idea. This is, this is for someone who, ha- this is this going on in your life and, or God wants to bring this sort of healing. And, and so come forward and you think, well, Matt said the right shoulder and it's my left shoulder that hurts. So I'm not going to come forward. Don't do that. Don't do that. And or if I say, um, I heard this story about Sandy Miller, the former vicar of HDB before Nicky Gumbel, and he would say that he's going to go up for prayer no matter what the call out was. And he said, so the, the, the word might be pregnant, one-eyed pirate. And he's like, that's me. I'm going for, I, I, I want to receive from God this morning. Come forward, receive from God, be filled with God's spirit. Don't allow this, this moment that we have together every Sunday at 10 for you know, an hour 15 um, each Sunday. Don't allow that moment to pass without coming to receive from God. 
the picture I've been having about Bay Church and what specifically Sundays are, that you've all come with this sort of cup. And during the week, it sort of spilled, and uh, perhaps someone said, I mentioned this a while ago, a couple of weeks ago, and someone said, and some of our cups are chipped, some of them are a little bit broken, and we all come with, 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 the, with these cups. And I pray that Sunday would be an experience where God then fills it up to overflowing again, that you would come and your cup would be filled again. And it gives you that strength, that passion, that encouragement to then go back out into the world, that this would almost be like a fueling station for the work. This isn't the work. The work is out there, and God wants to empower you for it, fill you with his spirit, fill you with his love, fill you with his peace to be able to do what God has called you to do in your lives. The blessed life, then, is about walking wisely by getting in community, listening well by allowing God to speak to you through prayer and through spending time reading the Bible. And then by staying rooted, by continually being filled with God's Spirit. And then as the verse ended in verse 6, For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous. God watches over your life. He only has the best intentions for your life. And he wants to give you everything you need for this life. And that starts by inviting his Spirit into your heart and into your life. Amen.